Manny Garcia is an educator, creative, and clothing designer. He was born in Texas and raised primarily in Michigan. He grew up surrounded by music, which ignited his creativity, but despite that passion, Manny pursued teaching. Later, his ambitions outgrew Michigan, and the desire to give music a shot was too strong to ignore, so he moved to Nashville. But as a Mexican-American wanting to explore his cultural identity, Nashville proved to not be the right fit, and when the music thing wasn't working out, he pulled up stakes and headed for Los Angeles. Manny fell in love with the city, but in order to make ends meet, he would again have to put his creative ambitions on hold, because he believed working a profession and being a creative could not coexist. But after a humanitarian trip to Ecuador, Manny learned lessons about the world and about himself that would change his life forever. I'm Bobby Gonzalez, and this is Spoken Dreams. My name is Manny Garcia. I'm an educator. I'm also a creative, and uh, as of lately, my passion has been clothing design and advocacy through that. I'm originally from Michigan. I was born in Texas, um, lived there for a couple years, but then most of my childhood and adolescence um, was spent in Michigan. I grew up with a family of 10 siblings, so there was a lot of sounds and things. And my older siblings, um, they, they formed a band, you know, so they had this band. And I remember growing up as a little kid, you know, uh, doing things and hearing them go to tours or, you know, it was local. It was not like they made it big, but it, it, that whole creative side inspired me and my mom and my dad loved singing. Um, and then my dad had a passion for fashion as well. Like I remember him having the pressed like pants all the time. And then the shoes, uh, the black shiny patent shoes uh, at times. And then uh, I was also inspired by that. So I think growing up in the atmosphere of number one, being a big family and hearing this, this cacophony of like music mixed in with thoughts and personalities and you had to find your creative outlet to, to even be able to communicate sometimes um, I think that all inspired the creative energy and the forces of that in, in my life and I, I, I like to stay I think one of the things about my childhood that I remember is I wanted to find solace like in a quiet place and it was hard to do at home because the, the house was rarely quiet. Uh, and, and I would play outside. We had a, a backyard near, near this little creek uh, kind of thing. I would go out there and I would just imagine um, things. Uh, I remember maybe being six, seven you know, years old and uh, imagining you know, hey, I have this castle or like, I don't know. It was just all these creative thoughts. And, and that's where I began dreaming and scheming and, and, and all those things started to happen.
being in uh, my hometown of Holland, Michigan, right, seeing all of these things that I encountered there, I realized like I had capped things that I that I wanted to learn or I don't know, it might sound a little like lofty, but that's how I felt. Like I realized I went to school for uh, teaching. Um, I was an educator and I graduated, but my heart had always been to pursue what I love over any sort of uh, profession because I had a love for music. It was, a, it was one of these forks in the road where I, I could stay and I could continue my career as an educator or I could pursue what I wanted to pursue and take a risk in, in, in music, right? And I remember it was like in, in, inside of me, it was like two, two things fighting each other. And it's hard when you're, you're in, in, I was like 22, recently gradi- graduating from college and I had just won a singing competition which was local you know this like oh my gosh it was like this mall and uh it was called talent quest and and anyways we we had local artist audition um and uh I ended up winning this and I got interviewed in the local radio station and and then from there I think that sparked that position of like let's let's make this leap and then I decided to go with the risk and uh, what I had studied about was Nashville was the number one music city capital right and so I, I made my move and I didn't know anybody and I remember I packed up my little Jetta and headed down there I think my journey in life has always been trying to know myself a little bit more as well and trying to find, I think that's the journey of everybody's life. And as a creative, you're very meta in ways and you think and you're introspective of like, why is this important? Why does this matter? So for me, I think one of my my biggest things from moving to Michigan to Nashville, it was about a discovery of myself and Growing up, uh, being born in Texas and then switching to Midwest, like Michigan, um, I didn't see a lot of my culture reflected, right? So I am a Mexican-American descent, and it was a little bit of a hard struggle for me because I felt like I was not celebrated to the fullest. And when you are creative and when you are an artist and when you are a musician, celebration of self and communicating that is a big part of your art you know or the struggles thereof as well and I think you know in Michigan I felt like there was not a reflection of me but moving to Nashville I tried to find that a little bit more and in a sense like it was still homogenized you know Nashville is a very small place it's not big but I, I I tried to dive into the music as much as I could, and it never reached a plateau, should we say, or like I never reached this this aha, you know, thing moment. Wrote some songs, recorded some things here and there, and performed, but eventually I realized that my surroundings affected me in in a way, and I think Nashville. I did not find myself more and I did not discover more. Um, I think it helped me in so many ways, but I felt like there was a link, a missing link. 
and I came to LA to visit. The first time I, I, I came, you know, I was like I'd never been, but I fell in love with the city, um, the sound, the smells, and to see the culture, like my culture, celebrated in so many ways. I think for me, a passion of my creativity also lies in a knowledge of understanding my lineage and where I come from and and and, and uh, yeah of culture that's a huge part and I think I found that in LA uh, for the first time I felt like I'm celebrated here or the, you know it, it was a very it's a very surreal moment I think because that was something that I was looking for and wanted it was scary because it was like you know when you're in a small town you feel like a big fish right and then you move here and you see, holy crap, you know, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I, I, it's crazy how, how much of, uh, of a perspective that paints. But in reality, I think the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel for me in here became the presence of a connection and a love for the heritage that I had. But don't get me wrong, it was super hard too. Like my move here to LA. I mean, I I moved here 2009. We were in the middle of like recession time, and um, I remember I had saved up a couple thousand dollars, thinking, "Oh yeah, like that <laughs> that could help me." And before I knew it, like a month or two had gone by, and I, I was crashing at some people's houses, um, and I, I I was like broke I did not have money I did not have anywhere to live and I wanted to throw in the towel so badly you know in those moments and um, that part like I, I, I uh, mentioned that I got my degree in, in education and, and certified so part of what happened in this journey of disconnecting you know my Michigan life and moving to Nashville and to California was that I wanted to explore other sides other than teaching, right? I, I wanted to, to explore being a creative more and, and trying to take this on. And so when I moved to LA, I think I broke down and I said, okay, enough's enough. I'm going to try to go back into teaching and apply, you know? And I think the resources of what happened in that moment, for me, it was almost like I... I let myself down because I'm like here here I am trying to take a break out of this profession that that I I didn't want to do back then and and I have to go back to it right to score one and luckily I know that I had that to fall back on right and I remember that I sat down and I was trying to to understand I I don't know if if you have experienced moments in your life where you're like I, I don't want to give in to this, but I need to because you're so broken and you're like, and that was that moment for me. This experience for me going back into teaching, I think sometimes the things that we regret doing will teach us a lifelong lesson. Um, and for me, I think it awoken again this passion that I have because I've, I've always known I, I am a teacher. You know, and I'm uh, like, I, I, it's always been something that I've known about me. I love mentoring. I love imparting knowledge. I love, 
you know, that communication aspect of it. Um, and then I think that time here in deciding and, and when I moved here to LA of like, do I need to do this or keep on trying to survive and live, you know, I think for me, what, what was that change was that I gave an opportunity, uh, to teaching that I hadn't before. And, and from the kids to the experiences that I had with them, I think it, it, it began this appreciation uh, a little bit more for me. But I still struggled at the beginning, you know, to to reconcile the creative with the profession, right? Like, how does this how does this mix together well, and what what is the what's the solution here? You know, because for the longest time, I kept them separate. Right, the teacher here, and then the creative elsewhere. While I was here, I had um, befriended so many people that had a heart for social justice and change. People like my friend Cassandra, who has started this nonprofit, and it's called Justice Rising, and they work in war-torn countries uh, in Africa, in the continent of Africa, and they they help rescue rebel soldiers. And just the stories there, like I, I was so blessed to be befriended with so many people of influence. And through that, I decided to give a summer uh, to go on a trip with them. And the first trip that was scheduled was a trip to Ecuador, to Quito, and to other little uh, parts of that. And in that trip, I think, again, I think life prepares you for different moments and different places in, in life where you're ready to accept, you know, the new change. This trip uh, that was through uh, this group, this organization called Justice Rising, we um, went, there was maybe four or five other uh, adults ranging in ages and stages and ranging in abilities and, and things like that. And when we first got there, I think part of it is like, okay, what am I going to teach them? You know, how am I going to come and, and proselytize to them about like how good I have it? And then I just was like smacked in the face, you know, when going there and seeing um, seeing all of these amazing individuals. I call them these unsung heroes that, well, I'm so glad I'm getting to share their stories right now because otherwise I don't think like people wouldn't know about them. Um, but there was this particular gentleman once and he has uh, a whole like organization right now where he takes youth uh, and particularly dealing with men, young men um, that are homeless and street, you know, out living in the streets. And he provides a whole training facility of, of helping them um, develop skills and uh, life kind of like abilities of welding and hammering and doing woodwork and things like that and also provides meals um it's 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 almost like this in-between place where he he comes and provides this facility and these kids go and some are able to go to school or to a particular training you know route and it just grew into this thing that that it is what it is right now 
And I think those particular moments, I think one of the biggest things that I got from that moment is like, we don't have to wait for this thing of like, I need all of this money before I can help. I need to, to be so skilled in this before I can help. I need my degree in this before I can help. He just did what he loved doing in front of him. And from that, he started to reach out, right? So it wasn't this thing of like, uh, I'm going to wait to get trained onto something. And I think that's the, the heart of this whole message of this Ecuador trip. And one of the things that I took from this and from other countless stories here um, of Ecuador, I could go on and on, but was do what's in front of you and do what you love to do and inspire others through that. Uh, after this trip, I was like changed, you know, from like the inside out. And part of this transformation happened in seeing and meeting these unsung heroes. But also just in myself, I think uh, LA has, has a twofold thing, right? It's very creative, but it, you could let it change you. And people come and they take so much away from the city. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing at all, but it's like, what can we give back to the city as well? How do we give back to the community and how do we live in that moment, right? And I think that's something that I took from this whole journey of like, how am I giving back? What am I doing to inspire and actually give back to community where I live, impact, you know, in different ways? That's why the birth of this movement uh, and this fashion line called Libertad. I got together with two friends of mine that were also on the trip, a married couple, and we're like, okay, what is the thing that we love to do? What What is something that, that we have in front of us, right? And how can we use that for a good? And so we started to brainstorm and, and they're like, Manny, you're, you're good at pulling people together and getting communities kind of established. And you're so creative in, in your organization of all of that. And you know so many creative musicians and people like that. And they're like, why don't we start this whole movement of like bringing whether it be a house show, right? And then highlighting the need factor of like tying it in with a social justice cause because you're already doing that. And they were right. Like I loved kind of cultivating those creatives uh, coming together. And so I, re I just remember it as being super, super like, like yesterday in a coffee shop. We were in a coffee shop, you know, it seems like yesterday and which is six, seven years ago, uh, but that's how the Libertad began. And our first uh, thing was about providing these events, these concerts, art shows, things like that. And then from there, getting all of these creatives to understand that the heart behind this is advocacy. Because that motto of doing what's in front of you, right, and being a voice in that began and took, took on root. So in, in its inceptions, that's how Libertad began. From that moment, I think one of the, the biggest things as I was realizing is people kind of like were 
were saying, so wait, what? what is Libertad again? You're an event? What? What? It wasn't really like a clear uh, structure, right? So it was a going back to the drawing board of seeing how how can this whole thing change, right? Like, how can I make it more specific to uh, what it is that we want to do? And then from that moment, like I've always loved fashion. I said com- coming back and going back to my father and and some of my mom's inspiration through fashion. In that, I I was playing with this idea of like, what would it look like to create a fashion brand in this? And I think the journey through this whole process of the Libertad movement began to specify um, with the things I knew I was good at, right, and, and bringing into perspective. And so our very, very first collection was about that. That That's when the, the design started to happen. And I said, I want to create a fashion brand through the branch of Libertad, right? Uh, the Libertad Collective that unites and unifies and brings fashion and social justice and advocacy through that together. And so the goal of this was to create clothing but at the heart of it is a partnership with social justice causes, you know, that, that are, are within our sphere of influence, either, you know, our global sphere or the local sphere. And so Libertad Origins was born, and that was our very first T-shirt collection. For me, I think the biggest thing of where I am now and where I was Right now, for the first time, I think, and that's why I love, love, I'm currently working for the Episcopal School of Los Angeles. And when I read their mission statement of social justice and creativity, I'm like, what? You know, I mean, the first interview question that I was asked was like, what's, what's, what are you passionate about? And I've never gotten asked any of those questions in an interview for teaching, you know, and I'm like, so I found a niche where I was able to also give and, and, where I am now is this place of both can can flow and work together, you know, and cultivate um, a sense of this harmonious vibe. You know, you, you, both your, your profession and your passion doesn't have to be a separate thing. And so Libertad is much more different now in a way that it, it's exponentially kind of bringing on this message of true transformation. So I think in culmination of where I'm at now and where I was, I think I know who I am more. I know what the mission of Libertad fashion line is, and I believe in it. And I also believe in the people of the city and how uh, they've rallied together with me and how, in, in a way, things come back full circle. That was Manny Garcia. For more on his work, including where you can get clothing from Libertad, donate, or get involved, visit the website ktla.com slash spoken dreams, where we'll have some links. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at KTLA Podcasts. And you can follow me at Sounds Like Bobby on Instagram. Thanks for listening and for your support by sharing and subscribing. Until next time, break a leg. 